When you're the head of a record label and you're bringing on a new artist, you need to figure out what direction they're going to take. Pop Smoke came from the Brooklyn drill scene, and from the beginning, he had that sound on lock. But he had other tricks up his sleeve, too. The very first time Stephen Victor meets Pop, Pop plays him some music. So he plays me something special, and I'm like, hmm. I'm like, that's interesting. Something special is Pop's take on the R&B hit, So Into You. He was like, yeah, that's, that's really my vibe. He said, you know, I used to sing before I started rapping. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, I used to sing. I used to sing in the church. I could sing like I could sing for real. He's like, I just started rapping like nine months ago. But R&B is my thing. But R&B isn't quite Steven's thing. He's lukewarm about it until he hears something else. Baby, welcome to the party. I'm off the money He starts playing me certain joints like, you know, Welcome to the Party. He had a bunch of these records. I hit the boy up and then I go skate in a Rari. Maybe Welcome to the Party. Welcome to the Party. NPR. Flexing. These were not love songs. They were hard, aggressive records. They told stories of the streets. Drill rap, but with a Brooklyn twist. Steven is taken by the sound and needs to know one thing. Yo, who produced these records? These songs were building some serious local buzz. And they were all produced by the same guy. This is a mellow beat. A young British kid named 808 Mellow. So when they begin working on Pop's debut project, Meet the Woo, Stephen has an idea. A different path for Pop to go down. There were a lot of rappers who sang and used the melodic flow. But no one had managed to take real, gritty Brooklyn drill and actually make hits with it. Mainstream hits. Pop Smoke was going to be that guy. I was like, yo, you should only work with Mello, and you shouldn't have any features on your, on your mixtape. And then I remember when we approached Pop about that, and he was like, nah, yo, what you mean we're going to put no features on, that, mm -hmm. on the tape? He wasn't a fan. At this time, Pop had big artists, top-tier producers, who all wanted to collaborate with him. Working with prestigious names in the industry would surely put him at the top. But Steven isn't having any of it. And as Pop's new label exec, he's thinking strategically. I mean, this is the first serious conversation I had with him. We were in my office. I said, you want to be great, right? Like, you want to be like Kanye, you know, one of these great global artists. So he's like, he's naming me like the artists that he likes that are A-list artists. Yeah. And I said, what, what do all those artists have in common? He's like, yo, they're massive. I said, nah, all those artists have a signature sound. A signature sound. Pop's first project needed to be cohesive. The plan was... Every song would be Brooklyn Drill. Every beat would be Mellows. And you would hear no one but Pop Smoke. You gotta lock them into your world and super serve that world. We're not letting nobody in. Steven called up 808 Mellow to get the album started. All he knew was that this was the guy who made the beats for Pop's best songs. I'm thinking Mellows from Brooklyn or some shit, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm hmm So we get in touch with Mellow, and Mellow's like, oh, I'm in, I'm in the UK, bruv. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, you're in the UK. And he's like, yeah, I'm in the yeah. UK, bro. And yeah. I said, what are, you doing? what are you doing tomorrow? He said, nothing. I'm 19. What do you mean, what am I doing tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yo, I'm going to fly you to New York. So what made you fly out? What was that? I was like, you know what? I want, I want to like, make a, have a relationship with Pop Smoke. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I want this to work. Because I've never had a real close relationship with a rapper before. I feel like if we can do this together, then we'll both pop. 
These two young guys who had met through the magic of YouTube algorithms were suddenly side by side in a New York studio. First time we met in the studio, he specifically told me, we're going to get rich. He literally said, you're going to be a rich man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I was like, wow. Like, that was special to me because it actually kind of like happened. Welcome to Complex Subject Pop Smoke. It's a show about how a kid from Canarsie, Brooklyn, took his neighborhood sound and its beefs and used it all to become a superstar and how it all got taken away too soon. This is episode three, Meet the Woo. I'm your host, Punch. This episode is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Patience is great and all, but sometimes you need to go after what you want, especially when it comes to hiring for your business. Thankfully, ZipRecruiter makes that easy to do. They put the hustle in hiring with smart technology that finds top talent fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter find a quality candidate within the first day. Try it free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Spotify. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When Stephen Victor told Pop to focus on drill rap, that was an easy choice because his drill songs were his best stuff. But it was also a dangerous choice. Drill music, like we talked about in the last episode, is about gangs and real-life beef. Its whole name comes from a slang word for killing. Being a drill artist meant that pop street ties would be on full display, and that a war between two Brooklyn crews would eventually touch everything in his career. It's the summer of 2019, and you can't go anywhere in New York without hearing Pop Smoke's Welcome to the Party. I mean, it's coming from the stoops, the rooftops, barbecues, people's cars. The streets can't move without Pop Smoke. I'm hosting this party uptown. It's like this kid's event I got booked to host. That's T.T. Torres. She's a DJ at Hot 97, New York's longest-running hip-hop radio station. The DJ who's um, playing at this party, it's like a, like a block party, a street party, puts on Welcome to the Party. All the little kids lose their mind uptown. The police, the security people come up. They're like, no, 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 stop, stop. You can't play that record here. It gets the kids too wild up. Stop, 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 turn the record off. And I'm like, holy cow, what? What is this record? Who is this kid? I was mostly just like, what the fuck is this? Alphonse Pierre is a rap critic at Pitchfork who's originally from Canarsie. He's always early to the new sounds, so he's been covering Brooklyn Drill since 2017. But that summer, Welcome to the Party caught even him off guard. There was just nothing like that out in Brooklyn. Nobody sounded like that. Nobody was just, like, e even that one line where I talk about, like, bitch, I'm a thought, get me lit. Like... Like, I was just like, what the hell does this even mean? Uh, why is he saying this? 
why am I like repeating it right now? And why is it stuck in my head? And so I think a lot of people in, in Brooklyn, in New York felt that too. They were just like, I don't know what this is, but it's fucking fire. About a month after the song dropped, the music video came out. Pop, like he always did, made sure to rep the floors hard. Welcome to the Party is filmed outside of like Peppa's and Canarsie at like the jerk chicken spot. Like the, that's like a place where people go to eat. Like, and there it is on YouTube, gaining millions of views suddenly. Pop brought his block to the world, and the world wanted to hear from the man himself. TT Torres knew she needed to get Pop on the air. He comes to the radio station. And he's so not seasoned. Pop pulls a rookie move and rolls up to High 97 with like six or seven dudes. They're all in the studio and they're just having a great time. And I'm just like overwhelmed because he can't really answer the questions. He's never done an interview before. He's still fresh off the streets. He brought the town with him. Canarsie was in the building. All these niggas right here. First of all, this is not even a lot. It's like a quarter. Oh, my goodness. He was answering the questions, like, I would say, um, in one word. Facts. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I don't know, maybe. Shout out to Victor Victor. He, he just wasn't media trained. It didn't matter. Pop had the confidence to know he'd be lit. Whoa. They go not to. Whoa. Through Steven Victor, Pop also got the attention of another DJ at Hot 97, Cass One. He goes way back with Steven. They met in college. So one night, Cass gets a call from his old college buddy. Yo, come check out my new artist. I'm like, okay, cool. Where are you guys going to be? So he's like, you know, typical rapper thing. He's like, oh, we're going to be in the studio at midnight. <laughs> Pretty normal rap shit. Except Cass One has to be up at 5 a.m. the next morning to do his radio show. But he decides to chance it. At the studio, Cass meets Pop and the same group of friends he rolled up to the radio station with. They literally recorded about three or four songs in the span of about two hours. Like It was like, put on the beat, go inside, make a song. Put on the beat, go inside, make a song. And if I told you the names that were in the studio, those are all guys that are making noise in New York now. One of those guys is rapper Fabio Foreign. You probably know him from his song Big Drip. But these guys shared something else beyond rapping. Fabio puts it this way. Me and Pop Smoke, we got like all the same friends, all the same enemies. Whoa. When Cass is in the studio that night, he notices something kind of unusual for a new artist. He's like, all right, here's, here's my plan. Now, when he said that, I was like, wow. He's like, here's my plan. Pop is pushing Steven to sign his friend Fabio. He goes, hey, Steve, let's do a joint venture and let's sign Fabio. Like, we need to sign this guy right now, like tonight. It's weird because new artists don't want to make room for anyone else to shine. But Pop is determined to bring his friends, including Fabio, along for the ride to the top. To help this along, he starts bringing Fabio to lots of places, to interviews, to the studio. He also had him in the label's office. Fabio remembers a run-in with Steven Victor. When I met him, he had on like a windbreaker pants. Like, I don't know, I don't know who this guy is yet. Like, you know what I mean? He had on windbreaker pants, white tee. He don't got no jersey on like that. Probably like a watch, plain Jane, smooth. Fabio's thinking, a record exec should at least look like he's balling. But when we got outside, he pulled up in a nice good Rari or something. I think the nigga had like a Rari outside talking. <laughs> now Steven caught Fabio's attention. So I'm like, yo, who is this Victor Victor guy? I mean, who is Steven Victor? Like, 
I, it was just a curiosity thing. So I started to like follow him on the brand. But then like, like I'm like, yo, I need to sound. Like I need to sound. Like I need to sound. I need to fuck with yeah. the victim. Pop would always bring me artists. Like he brought me Fabio. He would always bring me artists and be like, you need to sign this artist and do for them what you're doing for me. Steven says he admired Pop's love for his friends, but he also had been around long enough to know that signing a bunch of people at once, it just wasn't going to work. Steven needed to stay focused. I had a conversation with him. I said, Pop, you're not going to understand this because you're like too young to understand it or maybe you just... You haven't experienced it, but artists don't want their label or their label executives to focus on other artists. You shouldn't want me signing other artists. Like you should want me only, you should want me how I am right now. Like I'm only focused on you. I'm not thinking about anything else. Fabio got the message. But let me tell you something. He's like a, he's a vulture too. Steven Victor's a vulture too. Like he's like a, it's like, it, it's not, it's like, it's like sports though. It's like you playing sports, you playing to win. You know what I mean? So you can't get mad at it. Like, I respect it 100%. But his shit is like, his competitive shit is crazy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he is like him over everybody. Steven knew only one Brooklyn drill rapper was going to go mainstream. And he wanted it to be his guy. But he didn't blame Pop for wanting to take his friends along. It was just innate in him, bro. That's just who he, that's how he was built. That, and you know what I'm saying? That was one of the things that I felt was like special about Because people weren't like that. Because he genuinely felt like that. Yo, the first time I met Pop Smoke, it was on Rockaway and Seaview Avenue in the gas station. And you know, Pop Smoke meets me, you know who I am, DJ in the town. He goes, yo, punch, yo, big bro, I fuck with you. I said, what's up? He goes, yo, you know Jay Guapo? <laughs> I said, yeah. <laughs> He's like, yo, I got him on FaceTime. I seen you pumping gas. Look, I was pumping gas. Yo, you need to talk to my boy. I forget. I don't know Pop. I'm literally like, okay, whatever. A guy wants me to talk to Jay Guapo. When I meet Pop, he's like, you don't remember me? I'm from the gas station. I made you talk to Jay Guapo on FaceTime. So I know he understood it, but he literally was like, it's not about me now. My boy is bigger than I am. So what you're saying, I know that it's in him to, to care about the lateral yeah. you know, the lateral moves. It's, it's in his core. Where do you think that comes from? He didn't want anything out of it. It wasn't like, I need to sign him under me. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was just, you need to sign him. He's going to go and we need to help him. <laughs> It's true. Pop wanted to do it because he was loyal to his friends. It's one of those things everyone says about him. He was ride or die. But there was another reason he was pushing for his people. See, a lot of Pop's friends are on one side of a very dangerous divide between two Brooklyn crews. And if having one lit rapper on your side is good, having a bunch of them is even better. It gives your crew more leverage in the beef, more ammunition against your enemies. Because this is a war. It isn't just playing out in the streets. It's also playing out on records and in music videos. We'll get more into that when we come back. Yes. Can we get a big woo in the room? Woo! <laughs> <laughs> nine two. Woo! Welcome back to Collector's Closet, presented by the Ohio Lottery. Let's discuss my newest prize possession, this new $10 scratch-off, the $500,000 Platinum Jackpot. The best method I've found so far to help it hold its value is to vacuum seal it. This thing cannot get scratched. What's that? Sorry, my producer's telling me the only way it could be worth up to 500 grand is if I do scratch it? Okay, well, in that case, definitely don't overprotect your $500,000 platinum jackpot scratch-offs. Play them. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly. 
What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... <coughs> I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Welcome back. Pop's mixtape Meet the Woo comes out July 2019. And everyone, fans, interviewers, want to know one thing. Speak on Woo. So what is the Woo, man? I see it on the chain. Is that the crew? What is it? So for people who don't know, what exactly is the Woo? So I'm like, yo, who's the Woo? He's like, I'm the Woo. Woo was Pop's catchphrase. He said it all the time. A lot of people have different ideas about what it really is. But all of them would agree on this. Wu was a clique of people from a few different neighborhoods around Canarsie. When Pop was asked about the Wu, he would usually say something like this. Yeah. Nigga, that's just a lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? You drop big cars, getting money. Got you. Okay. If you flossing, Wu. Niggas who just like like to look nice. Mm. Nigga who like to smell good. Who like to take care of himself. Who like to feed his family and do for others. Secret society. I can't say no better than that. That's it. Woo's flossy, you feel me? Dripping. It ain't no gang. It ain't none of that crazy shit niggas trying to make it seem. To be honest with you, when it walks like a duck, it quacks like a duck, it's a duck. That's Edie Guidi. He's the vice president of the East Coast Gang Investigators Association chapter for New York. He means if a group like Woo acts like a gang, then it's a gang. We're here to announce a significant takedown of Wu and Cho. They come together basically to fight each other and to exert... Edie points to the fact that in February 2020, the Brooklyn District Attorney indicted 34 alleged members of the Wu and Cho crews. The Cho are the Wu's main rivals. They're not um, familiar names to many New Yorkers, but they do drive a lot of the violence in, in this county. The indictments were for a ton of different incidents, including 13 shootings. The DA's office says the crews would go into each other's territories and shoot their rivals on sight. They say the woo was so calculated that they would use teenage girls to carry their guns, thinking that girls would receive a lesser sentence if they were caught. Uh, you know, the theme is you shoot one of us, we'll shoot two of you. You humiliate one of us, we'll, we'll retaliate. Edie says that the Wu and the Cho are based around where you live, not what set you claim. They're more like neighborhood cliques. And both sides contain members of a couple different gangs. So we all could live in a neighborhood out in Brooklyn, but you could belong to one gang, this guy will belong to one gang, but we're from this neighborhood. So now our loyalty is to the Wu. So now when we're not around certain, you know, if I'm hanging with certain people, yeah, I'm blood, yeah, I'm crip, but woo comes first. Simple, right? To be honest with you, it's a big mess. <laughs> Think about Pop. He was affiliated with Crip since he was barely a teenager, and he was also woo. The woo has plenty of Crips, sure, but they also have some bloods. But what the woo have in common is that they're all from the same area. They're mostly from Canarsia, Brownsville, and they don't like the show. Remember what Fabio told us. Me and Pop Smoke, we got like all the same friends, all the same enemies. Here's Fabio in a 2018 interview. You already know my name, nigga. 
calling himself Big GDK. Big GDK, top nine, die twirl, shooting anything, spitting, nigga, you know Tommy. The GDs, or Gangsta Disciples, are one of the main gangs in the Cho Alliance. And the K, that stands for killer, GDK. This Wu and Cho thing, it's mentioned in every Brooklyn drill track. All you have to do is just listen to their music. I'm going to go back to Pop Smoke. He has an album that's called Wu. And then he mentions the word Wu. And now we have indictments out of Brooklyn where Wu were arrested, Cho was arrested. You get what I'm saying? Pop made no secret about being Wu. He claimed it on a bunch of his songs. Baby, go come and meet the Wu. Big knocking on my body. The beat went off. The Cho's do the same thing. They rep their click and they diss their ops. You can hear the rapper SPMB Bills call himself Wu K in his song Whirlwind. When he says it in the video, he makes the woo symbol. That's by putting three fingers in the air so your hand looks like a W. The SPNB Bills turns it upside down. That's known as dropping. It's a huge sign of disrespect. To show just how big of a deal dropping is, Brownsville rapper Coach the Ghost threatens violence if anyone does that to his crew. On his song Hitless, he says, you'll get shot if you drop show. You will get shot if you drop show. You probably die if you drop folk. Wipe your nose, then we swerve in the Tahoe. Competition look nervous, they not close. Dropping is just one example of many ways ops diss each other in their raps. The rap and its video was used as a message. But the thing is, all of this is public. People in neighborhoods are tuning in to get the latest on who's beefing with who. White kids in the suburbs now get a taste of exactly what's happening in Brooklyn street life. And the police? They're using the music to keep track of the shifting rivalries on the ground. A lot of Brooklyn drill rappers have been arrested in the past few years, including Jeezy Moolah, Young Customato, OMBJD, Chef G, and Real Right Sport. So when there's a rap scene about real street violence, why would any record label want to sign any of these guys? Edie has an idea. To keep it straight English and simple, it sells. Peter Gideon Woe saw this happen firsthand. He's the manager we heard from who's worked with Juice World and Trippy Red. And he was promoting rap shows in Chicago when record companies discovered drill back in the early 2010s. Peter saw how labels swooped in and signed a bunch of young artists, kids, basically, who were all rapping about some of the realest shit ever. So there's one thing for them to put that on wax and somebody listen to it, but there's another thing for a multi-millionaire to come in and say, all right, cool, I see your story. I'm going to make you bigger, but I'm not going to get you any help. I'm not going to help the people around you. And um, we're just going to try to profit off what you're saying because you're saying some real shit, dog. You, you a real street nigga. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, keep saying what you're saying. That's hard, bro. Like, that's the problem. <laughs> the sudden interest in paying kids to rap about their beefs had major consequences on their everyday lives. I mean, you couldn't go to school, you couldn't do nothing. Like, you got kids, can't go to school because they made a cheap-ass rap video dissing they ops. <laughs> and, and now your ops want to kill you so they can make another video to tell 
they other ops that look what happened to this op <laughs> when he dissed me in his video. <laughs> On top of that, there was an added pressure to get noticed. Everyone wanted to record everything that we're doing. Everyone wanted to go viral on Twitter. They didn't understand, like, all right, cool. Only five of you are really going to get paid from this. Everyone else is going to die trying. All these problems might seem worth it if the prize is a six-figure payday from a record company. But Peter broke down what a deal of that size actually adds up to. You're getting a $300,000, $400,000 deal. You got to buy a chain for sure because you just got signed. You got to get your, your gang's chain or something. You got to get a watch. So if you spend 15 on a watch, 10, 15 on a chain, that's 30. You got to buy an expensive car because you know you just got signed. So you can't be a signed rapper riding around in a little Camry. You look like a sucker. You gotta buy something for your mama. You gotta show your block love and spend at least 25, 30,000. Then four of your homies gotta come live with you at whatever house you just put down payment on. They don't even pay taxes. The money's gone already. That's the reality for 90% of rappers. Why, like why is it that in our culture why does a chain or a watch or a ring, why does that shit matter so much? It almost like solidifies you. Like that's like your status, right? It's like your whole career and your life is based on like you being like that. They like you because you're going crazy on your ops. Fabio Foreign says all these things show you that you've made it. There's another side to it too. In drill, you're rewarded for going crazy on your ops. Flossing your new jewelry is also a way of getting at your ops. And everything that brings you up also brings your rivals down. But once your labels have you, all of a sudden, they want you to keep it all to yourself. Listen close. This is what happens when our reporter, Sean Sotero, asks his Brooklyn rapper Chef G about his beef with 22Gs. Chef responded to 22's song Suburban with his vicious, very personal diss, no suburban. On this call, Chef G's label rep is listening in. Why record, um, you know, a kind of response or diss to Two Two G's? Did you know him? I had to respond. You understand? It's like, man, I can't even explain that. You understand? Just more like, it's what is what the streets need. Is what is what. That's it. It's what the streets need. The, the people need to know the truth. Was it you didn't like him personally? Was he associated with people you didn't like? Like, what was... Hey, hey, hey. That's the label rap. We don't want to focus on that anymore. We want to get to, you know, uh, move forward from the past, even though that, you know, No Suburban had an importance and a significant moment to uh, Chef's career, but we want to move forward from that. You heard how quick she jumped in once that song was mentioned? That's the last thing a big label wants to talk about. Real Brooklyn beef. Typical label move. This is something I really wanted to talk to Steven Victor about. Because Pop's whole first project is basically a giant shout-out to a group that many consider a gang. Obviously, we know what Meet the Woo is. Meet the Woo is a project. But did the Woo shit, like the activity in the town, did it ever add conflicts to you? You know, where you just felt kind of 
like in the middle of wanting to push it because of the music, but understanding the impacts of it? No, you know, it's interesting because he never let that get to me. I never saw that. You know what I'm saying? I'm just thinking, you know, he's a 19 year old kid. He's just moving around in the town. He's not, it's, it's nothing serious. He's just, he's a 19 year old. Next time on Complex Subject, Pop Smoke, he finally rises to the top. But right at Pop's biggest moment, everything starts to come crashing down. I said, bro, you you moving like way too fast. You gotta slow down and you need security. Complex Subject, Pop Smoke is a Spotify original podcast in partnership with Complex. This episode was written and reported by Sean Sotero. Our senior producer is Shiva Bayat. Our associate producer and sound designer is Mira El-Rahim. Our editor is Audrey Quinn. Our engineer is William Smith. Original music by Johnny Baker. Additional research done by Sophia Steinert-Evoy. Executive producers from Spotify include Gina Delvac and Jifa Yador. Executive producers from Complex include Donnie Kwok, Nick Wang, and Justin Killian. Special thanks to Alec Friedman, Jessica Dow, Eric Skelton, Chancel Correa, Taliba Newman, and Jennifer Stewart. I'm your host, Punch. <laughs>